0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
1: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is August 5th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll have part one of my conversation with David Bauman of area407sports.com. He's covered the Orlando Magic uh, for uh, as long as I have, um, has some great thoughts on the magic. We'll talk. On today's episode, about the Magic's offseason, kind of building off of the playoff appearance that they had uh, in 2019. So we'll look back and look ahead to the Orlando Magic's upcoming season. On tomorrow's episode, we'll talk about the 10-year anniversary of the Orlando Magic's championship run in two thousand or their finals run in 2009 as well as 2010. Some good debate on Orlando Magic history. You have that to look forward to over the next couple days here on Locked on Magic. But before we get into that conversation, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here on Locked On Magic from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to learn a little bit more about, say, I don't know, the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, whoever it is. Lock, the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered with your favorite team. You can also check out Lockdown NBA as well as Lockdown Fantasy Basketball as we get closer to the regular season to get yourself ready for the fantasy season. And Lockdown NBA, of course, gives you the national perspective with local experts on the show as well. You can also check out the NFL podcast, including Lockdown NFL as well as colleges and MLB too. You can find all these podcasts wherever you download podcasts. To search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network it's your team every day. And we are joined now by David Bauman of 407area.com, as well as you can see him on Spectrum Sports 360. Uh, he co- has covered the magic for a very, very long time now. Uh, al- almost as long, a little bit longer than me, actually, but uh, but we'll, we always enjoy talking magic together. David, how are you doing today?
1: Well, it's, it's great to catch up with To Magic fans, I think is uh, outstanding. How, how long have you been covering? What year did you start? Uh,
2: I mean, I I, I mean a little pers- insider info here. Um, I grew up as a fan, so I've been I've been following the team and, and kind of discovering my my writing bug by writing about the team for a long time. But I, I started writing for Orlando Magic Daily uh, during the 2010 season. So I, I started writing I started writing for Orlando Magic Daily in November 2009. Uh, so I've been I've been through a lot of ups and downs. I, I, I started covering the team, like actually going to games in two thousand in the two thousand eleven season, I believe. So I was I was around for the Dwight Mayer and have been through a lot of the ups and downs. But I've been I've been writing about this team for, for a really long time and following this team pretty much my entire life.
1: Now, did you launch the site?
2: I did not. That was uh, that was Zach McCann launched Orlando Magic Daily.
1: Okay, and then you took it. To-
2: Then I, then I, then I took it, then I, then I, then I, there was a coup d'etat and I took it over. No, there wasn't. Zach, Zach, Zach's a good guy. Um, he, 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 he moved on to the Orlando Sentinel, um, for during, during that, during that time period. And I took over when, when he did that. So. Well,
1: it's an awesome
2: site and, uh, I love it. So. I, I appreciate it, but you know, I wanted to bring you on and and get kind of your insight because you're like me, you've, you've followed this team for a long time and you've, you've covered and written about this team for a long time. I wanted to get your insight on what the magic did this off season, um, the, the first, the first place I want to start though is with the 2019 season as a whole. Um, obviously, getting back to the playoffs for the first time in, in seven years and, and kind of breaking that hex since Dwight Howard left w- was a big deal. But um, ultimately, how, how you know, this is something that I that I that I talked about last week and, and talked about uh, on the website a little bit. Ultimately, how do you think fans are going to view this Orlando Magic team, the 2019 Orlando Magic? Where what is their sort of place in the team's history? Ooh, that's
1: a, that's a good one. I, I would think that it, it all depends on that end-of-season record. Are, are they going to take a step forward now that they've held steady here in the offseason and really brought back the core? Nick uh, Vucevic with that big $100 million contract, Terrence Ross, the scorer off the bench, and are they going to get more than 42 wins? Um, I, I think last season was was a terrific step forward. I mean, it's amazing to think, that the team was 11 games below 500 at the 51 game mark and then went on that run. It's just incredible to me to think that they finished with a winning record this past year. Now, if they can take a step forward and finish with say 45, 46, 47 wins, I think that's clear evidence of a team trending in the right direction. And, and to me, Philip, the wild card is, Markel Fultz. If Markel Fultz can uh, get back to, to form to health, uh, which we certainly hope he's healthy, uh, I know it's been very murky uh, his his condition. But if Markel Fultz is good, as like a Karan Butler says, Fultz is looking this offseason, then uh, you know this could be a more giant leap forward. M- maybe. 48-49 wins. God, I mean to even be approaching fifty would be unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and I've I've seen a few people sneakily out there saying the Magic could compete for the three seed, and I, I don't know if I'm quite there. You know, I agree with you on, on that point. That I think a lot of how we're going to view the 2019 season is ultimately kind of come down to what they do in 2020. And yeah, and I also agree. With Markel Fultz is a really big piece of that puzzle um, as someone who has, obviously, tremendous potential, uh, someone who can can really take fill a huge need for this team, because, I mean, all respect to DJ Augustine, but Magic certainly could use a little bit of an upgrade at that point guard spot, especially defensively and with, with the way they want to play defensively, and, and Fultz, you know, was kind of this ultimate gamble to take, a, a great gamble to take, honestly, because if he, if he doesn't work out, you didn't really lose much to get him. Um, but it certainly uh, you know the, the things you the whispers you're hearing about Fulton. and, and I've, I've been a Fultz optimist in that I don't think he stopped playing because he couldn't play if, if you needed him to play tomorrow he could play and, and I think that he would be fine um, right now it would just be about knocking off the rust more than anything else um, but I think the Magic want to get, get that long term uh, stability with him where he's on the court and doesn't have to take any time off
1: yeah I, and I, I think Aaron Gordon just talked a little bit about Fultz's progress the other day. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, a source uh, within the franchise who said that, you know, Markell has been around doing his thing and uh, really sticking to the team's plan at this point. And he's really getting acclimated. So, But, you know, I, I, I think we all want to see him shoot. You know, it's such a strange injury that... Uh,
2: I, There's not, I not a lot of guys that have had this injury in, in the NBA.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The thoracic,
2: thoracic outlet syndrome, outlet
1: syndrome in, in the shoulder, which has uh, apparently uh, impacted his his technique and form. And so, it, yeah, I mean, Nick Anderson, Philip is kind of in your uh, same frame of mind. Where, where Nick just came out basically this offseason, told Spectrum Sports 360 that he thinks it's all in Markell's head. You know, and he was pretty blunt about it. Uh, you know, and that it was time to get back out there and and just get back to, to basics, being being you, like like you played uh, coming up through the ranks, like you played your freshman year at Washington. So, um, boy, it would be amazing if, if Markel breaks out.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and kind of on, onto that point, because I don't want to leave it there. I, I think that there is this notion that this injury, at least in some circles, that, that this injury is, is more mental than physical. Um, and and yeah. I, think, I think that it's certainly a physical injury. There's something physically wrong with him. But I do think yeah. that that affected him mentally, and you do have to rebuild a lot of that confidence. And, you know, yeah. where we have these wild expectations for what Markel Fultz can still be, but at the same time, I think he got to treat this year like he's a rookie. He's only played 33 games in the NBA. Agreed. He's going he's to take, even if he is back, even if he is healthy, he's going to be up and down the entire year, just like a rookie was. I mean, look at how long it took Jonathan Isaac after his injury to get comfortable in his body and, and just feel feel confident that he could step out on the court and not roll his ankle. I mean, I, I still struggle struggle yeah. to be confident that I won't roll my ankle every time I play basketball. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah.
1: but hey, look, um. Look at a guy like Ben. Look, look at a guy like Ben Simmons, Philip. If Ben Simmons can have a whole year off, uh, come back in his second year and actually uh, be a rookie and win Rookie of the Year, Markel Fultz should be in the for rookie of the year next season.
2: Well, he can't he can't he, he's already played in the NBA so he can't win rookie of the year as much as Donovan Mitchell would like to would like him to but
1: <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, it would be a little bit different if it was major league baseball, right? Yep. yes. So yeah, I believe their
2: rules are a little different.
1: And play a few games
3: part of the locked on podcast network your team every day yeah but so I
2: mean kind of kind of let us let's, let's move on to, to other players on this roster sure. um, you know obviously you know you bring you're, you, this is essentially the same team as last year not essentially this is the same team as last year plus Alpha Rukiminu. Uh what what do you see as you know outside of you know the wild swing that Markel Fultz could be, what, what do you see as, as the main key to the Magic taking that next step and, you know, getting to 45 wins, maybe fighting for home court advantage in the, in the playoffs this year?
1: Well, I would think it would be uh, a renaissance season for Evan Fournier and another step forward for both Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon, and I think that would do it right there. Um, I, I think Evan Fournier regressed a bit last year, um, and, and I was surprised he did because that magic offense was so uh heavy pick and roll with him and and Vucevic you know Vucevic blossomed but Fournier uh regressed uh and and there's no other way to put it um I, I think if Fournier can can get back to comfortable again um and maybe Aaron Gordon take a, another step forward with his offense I, I think Gordon had a very unselfish year this past season. I, I think his all-around game improved. Uh, he sacrificed some scoring uh, for the sake of the team, and it, it worked out uh, for the team. And we saw Jonathan Isaac come on strong at the end of the year last year, Phillips. So, it, it, like I said, I think watching those guys, uh, we we know what to expect out of guys like D J Augustine, Terrence Ross, Nikola Vucevic, and... Uh, you, you you mentioned Alvaro Camino. Uh, this is this is a quality guy coming over from Portland who started a bunch of games in his NBA career, and, and he is a dramatic uh, improvement over a guy like, say, Jarrell Martin. Um, oh,
2: dramatically! I mean, this yeah, the so. Magic is. I mean, I was thinking about this today because because I've been talking to some people about the depth this team has. The Magic can probably legitimately claim that they have seven starters maybe eight if you include Marco Fultz in there. Just just eight starter-quality players. And that's a huge boost, especially for a team that, that maybe doesn't have that superstar-type player.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with
2: you. will that help them in the playoffs? I think we saw in the playoffs where this team's deficiency is, but certainly in the regular season. That kind of depth will get you through, and, and I think the Magic are hedging their bets a little bit too, knowing that they got extremely injury-lucky last year. <laughs> they they. Yeah. The only guy that missed a lot of playing time was Mobamba, and I think you can argue that losing Mobamba helped the team in in some respects.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Kem Birch did play well, uh, who who would have otherwise been relegated to a, you know that third string, very limited position. But Birch had some good minutes and made the most of his time, and that's why he's coming back.
2: Yeah, and I mean, again, like that, that to that same point, you can go down the roster now and you know. Steve Clifford said he's going to try and stick to a nine man rotation but there are 10 11 guys on this roster that should be playing i mean i was talking with some people I was talking with some some followers today uh, earlier today and you know i i was saying you know Wes is as much a wild card as anyone else on this roster cuz he made a huge yeah. step last year he was one of the, honestly i think he was one of the guys that Steve Clifford trusted most and, and early in the year he couldn't he struggled to find him minutes with Jonathan Simmons there but when he finally took Simmons out of the rotation do i think really blossomed now you're thinking, oh, where do you get Wes one do minutes if, Almi- yeah. if Aminu's if going to play, and how much better can a one do get? Because I mean, he was a solid three point shooter last year, um, but he only took three pointers when it, when he seemed really comfortable with it, which I, which I don't mind so much from him. Um, but but if he takes another step in his three point shooting, then what do you do with him? Because he, I mean, he's he's a, I think he's a rotation caliber player, and by the way, he's in a contract year himself, so he's got a lot of incentive to play well this year.
1: Uh, he, he sure does. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if a guy like Al Farouk Amino takes away minutes because I I, I do see them at at, at different positions. Yeah, know? obviously. What Owen do is is more the small and 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 El Faruk, uh, is, is the big. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it. But but you know the the Magic are still a little bit thin there at mm-hmm. the at the two and three where where they're loaded is is. Four and five, and, and even the three, with uh, Isaac playing there. Uh, I so. mean,
2: you can. I mean, I mean, this team has really valued versatility, having upward and downward positional versatility. I mean, Aminu can play yeah. power forward and can play both forward positions. Isaac and Gordon can obviously play both forward positions. There's a lot of people who want Isaac to play a little five. Aminu can probably play a little five. Um, you know, outside of outside of your centers, outside of your centers, and DJ Augustine. Everyone can guard multiple positions, which which is obviously really valuable for for what the Magic want to do defensively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and one do I, I think defensively is that that's one of his uh, key responsibilities with this franchise. Um, I, I, I I do want to bring up one point, Phil, sure. and, I, and I want to think about it. Um, I think another wild card guy coming into camp is a Daquan Jef- uh, Daquan Jeffries uh, mm-hmm. out of Tulsa. Now, you know, could could Jeffries really fight for a position on this roster that that remains open until Shuma Okike uh, gets a deal, whether he gets a deal before the season or not? Um, and if Jeffries is there, could je- if, if Jeffries actually makes the opening day roster? Could he compete for a one two minutes? Um, and I know they're a bit uh, a, a of uh, you know, difference in size there with Jeffries and, and Wundu, but, uh It's
2: something that I'm thinking about. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting to see how they handle Jeffries. Because I mean, you're you're reporting on that from that Jeffries declined a, a two way contract, which I think would have given him a little bit more security within the franchise. He's essentially fighting for a roster spot and trying to. And again, I think to some extent, if he doesn't make the Magic roster, keep his options open. If he plays really well at Lakeland, so he can latch on to another team later on in the year. Um, because if you're on a two-way contract, you're bound to one team. You can't, you can't go everywhere uh, like you can if, if you're not on that kind of a, on, on that kind of a deal. Um, but you know, Jeffries is obviously really impressive at Summer League, uh, and, and he's, he's interesting. Um, you know, the one wild card we've, we've danced around, and it, it does feel like there's a lot of wild cards and what can happen with this Magic team, but the one wild card we've danced around so far, I guess, um, or haven't mentioned, is Mo Bamba. Uh, what, yeah. what do you think Mo can do this year in, in what is, you know, sort of like Jonathan Isaac, a, a kind of second rookie year almost?
1: Sure. And, and we've, we've heard the reports, uh, I think it was uh, uh, that Isaac has put on something like 25 pounds. Something like that. that. Season, from 209 to about, what, 234, 230.
2: So I, he's put on weight.
1: And he's and he's, he needed to. Mo Bamba has needed to in a major way, as well. Now I I don't know how much weight uh, he has.
2: I think from. I think they said entering at, before summer league that he put on like 15, 20 pounds of muscle already.
1: All right, well that's good. Yeah, so.
2: yeah. And and he he looked noticeably bigger. Uh, you know, he's still still yeah. slender and slim, but he looked noticeably bigger during the summer league play.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I just saw some some pickup play. Uh, yeah. He's gotten himself involved in some uh, pickup games with some pretty big name players this offseason, as he did last year with guys like Joel Embiid. Uh, had some good battles with Embiid uh, uh, last summer. So yeah, I, I've seen some some photos as well, and, and he's looked uh, bigger, which is which is huge, which which is yeah. exactly what he to be doing.
2: And, um, and and I think the big thing with Bamba is just experience at this point. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of his issues are just kind of processing the speed of the game. Um, I think he showed signs defensively. I, I would argue that entering before he got hurt, like right before he got hurt, he was really beginning to show the strides defensively that we were all looking for um, or were expecting from him from the beginning. Uh, you know, he's still a little jumpy going for blocks, and so I just think there's an understanding of timing and speed that he has to get at the at the at the NBA level that that he he just doesn't have because he's just so young. And, and I mean, that's that's experience, that's youth. What you can't do much about it except let him go through those growing pains.
1: In an interesting spot now because the Magic brought back Vujovic. Um You know, I, I have always been of the belief that guys do not get better sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I have always been more of the belief, you know, uh, that you throw someone into the fire and and, and let them go. I mean, uh, you know, you look right down the road at, at Miami. A guy like uh, uh, Bam. Yep. Um, at a bio, he found himself in a position where he's able to get minutes and and uh now he's getting himself a team usa invite and all that stuff so uh you know so uh, again like i said i i think mo's in a bit of a tough spot because his minutes are going to be limited to i mean he will probably 16, 17, 18 minutes a game. yeah
2: and but but i mean like t- to that point I, I think that that's still playing time i mean i think that it's i think that it it, it, I think that, that that, that you can if you're getting those minutes, you're, you're still learning, you're still going through the, through that process. Um, but I think what's most important, and, and I think what's really changed with the magic is that there is this emphasis on winning. and, and I think the, yes. The, the, yes. the stress and pressure that is going to feel this season is more about, okay, if, if he plays or if the team plays like they did last year when he was on the court and it was clear that Bamba was making some mistakes and wasn't making the huge impact, and that Birch was. Um, if the team is struggling and they can't get wins and it's, it's clear that you gotta put Birch in there to get wins and that, that becomes more important than, than developing Bamba and getting Bamba minutes, that's gonna be the stress on Bamba because you know, he's no longer in a yeah. situation where he I mean, he's no longer in a situation where he can kind of develop slowly and, and make mistakes. The magic are in it to win it. Um, you know, their their decisions this offseason to bring back the same roster are win now decisions. For, for better or for worse, this team is trying to win basketball games today.
1: That's exactly right. And Vucevic is going to play 31 minutes a
2: game. He, I mean, yeah. I, I, I would imagine the Magic will try to limit minutes and that's what this depth will give them. But at the end of the day, Vuce is the guy. They're, they're, still gonna, they're probably still going to run a lot of their offense through him. Uh, and, and the Magic are significantly better when Vucevic is on the floor.
1: Yes. And Philip, so I will say you are right. Uh, 16 to 18 minutes a game if Bamba can get that is is still plenty of playing time and plenty of opportunity to improve himself Uh, I mean we can think back to the uh, mid-2000s I mean JJ Redick in his sophomore year really stepped back for the magic I mean he was barely playing I mean uh, there came a point where he wanted to be traded and then you look at the type of career Redick was able to create for himself by getting his body right by by doing all the, the, the right things and, and really immersing himself uh, into what Stan Van Gundy wanted to do, and, and you know you look where where Redick ended up, I, I think Bamba's got a, a somewhat of a similar uh, situation here now, where he's got an All Star in front of him, and he's got a guy like Cam Burch who's on the up, who has found a home in the NBA, uh, who's going to push him for playing time. And uh, it's it's up to Mo Bamba to rise up, and uh, we certainly hope he's he, he can stay healthy. You know, just like Jonathan Isaac in his rookie year, dealt with the injury bug. Mo Bamba with that stress fracture, that was a tough way to finish it up. But yeah, um, he has got potential, uh, Philip, and I'm I'm gonna believe in his potential um, I, until it's not there. So uh, yeah,
2: and I think, I think people who Bamba. I mean, there's some people that are kind of out on him after one year. Last year was exactly yeah, the a- year. That was exactly—last year was exactly the year we expected from Mo Bamba. Um, You know, I I think we all—if you watched him play in Texas, you knew he was a project. You knew he physically wasn't ready for the NBA. And frankly, keeping Nikola Vucevic or Ken Birch around is important because Mo Bamba, as much as he's gained physically, probably still isn't quite physically ready for the NBA, which, you know, maybe that's a problem or not. But, you know, I I think Bamba will be better this year. Honestly, after the one summer league game, he could have— he. I don't think his injury during summer league was serious at all. I think he played so well during that first game. The Magic were like, "We've seen enough. We don't need to throw him back out there anymore." I, his offense is, right. is already really, really good. Um, you know, I think his yeah, offense is a lot better than people. Team. Yeah, I mean, he he's his shot is already really strong, and I feel confident with that. And and I think he's got a good. I think he's got some solid post moves to build off of. Uh, but it's going to come down to his defense and defensive understanding that that's going to be vital. And, you know, he, he's got this tremendous length. He's, it feels like he's still learning how to use it in, in some respects. Um, but, uh, you know, one, one last guy specifically that, that I think we should talk about before we kind of get to our overarching thoughts on, on the t- upcoming season. Um, where do you see the next steps for Jonathan Isaac this year? Um, you know, again, another guy that if he takes that next step, that next leap in his play— um, and we touched on Aaron Gordon a little bit He's kind of in that group too But if, if he takes that next leap in his game This, this team could be really, really good Because I, I see a lot of potential in Isaac still And I, I think Isaac is someone that's primed To make a, you know, almost Pascal Siakam style leap in, in, Into, into kind of near stardom soon
1: That would be ideal, uh, Philip, To make that uh, Siakam comparison too I mean, that would be perfect for Isaac this season uh, I think you could see him start to make that leap uh, by the end of last year. Early in the season last year, he was reluctant to take the open three. And it got to a point where his teammates and his coaches were screaming at him to shoot the freaking ball. <laughs> shoot it! And, and once, he, once he started believing uh, in, in his shot, it, it started to drop A bit more, Um, and and he he started to make some big shots by the by the end of the year. And you know, we look at the end of last year; he really started to fill up the stat sheet, uh, especially in the points department. By the end of the season, we were able to count on him for
2: his his three point shooting. I think was in the upper thirties during the twenty two and nine run. If I'm not mistaken, it was like four. I think it might have been in the forties. Actually, it might have been like forty two percent.
1: Yeah. So, hey, if we see jonathan isaac catch the open look from long range uh and and start to just really get it up there i I think that's the first thing we need to be watching is him taking the open shot when he's got it um and and hopefully that continues right from last season because he really started to do that by the end of the year that's the first thing i'm watching with isaac Uh, secondly (laughs) his defense is already outstanding i don't really know how much more improvement he can make on the defensive end he made so many great defensive plays last year so many great highlights uh that that i expect to be a continuance into the into this year and i think that that great defense that the more confident he gets there leads to better offense for him so um if jonathan isaac can become more of a complete player like uh, aaron gordon did this past season the magic are in a good place
2: yeah, I, absolutely, and I, I mean, I, I think these all these young players that we've talked about are really the key to this team taking the next step. And and honestly, you know, I think I think there's been some some people who have been like, you know, especially with Vucevic and, and to some extent Isaac, that you know the playoffs really exposed a lot of the team's flaws and exposed oh these guys really aren't aren't there yet. But you know, honestly, and, and I, I don't know what your impression of this was. As much as the Magic probably won't admit this to themselves. I think that moment got to them a little bit. You know, I think they had the game one win and they were kind of playing off emotion, but when the Raptors started making their adjustments, and obviously the Raptors were the champions. They were really, really good. Uh, I, I do think players got a little tight under, under that pressure and under that microscope as, as, as the Raptors were able to really focus on stopping everything the Magic did. Uh, and, and that's going to be something I think this team's going to have to learn and grow from when they get back to the playoffs, if they get back to the playoffs. Um, but I, I don't. I never saw the playoffs as any big concern or, or overarching thing. Other than yes, there are some fundamental flaws with this team that have to be resolved. But I still think a lot of those problems, you know, perimeter creation. I think Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Markel Fultz can fill in some of those gaps. Um, Three point shooting is a big one still, uh, and just finding another way to create offense outside of Nikola Vucevic. It, it, I think those things that can be solved with just internal growth, and I think that's going to be the big theme of the 2020 season is how much do the magic grow internally
3: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Yeah, and I'm with you. I think it was a total buzz with the Raptors. That interior defense of Toronto uh, that that came on in the postseason was just incredible. Siakam, Ibaka, Gasol. Uh, I mean, I mean, Kawhi Leonard. The, the defense. Uh, from, from
2: the, magic, the Magic were the Magic, the, the Magic were a low turnover team the entire year, and in that playoff series, they could not protect the ball. They were turning the ball over left and right. And I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. If someone has a subscription to Synergy and wants to send me these numbers, please do. I would venture to guess the Magic's defense was okay, not not good, not great, but not bad. Okay, in the half court when they were when they were coming off of a made basket problem is the Magic didn't make very many baskets. They were in transition a lot. Um, Honestly, I would argue Aaron Gordon played really good defense on Kawhi Leonard. He's just really, really good. Um, I I thought Aaron Gordon came out as the best player on the Magic in the series, which I I think is really encouraging, actually. Um, I think it took him a while to figure out like, oh, I need to take over. Because like he said, he kind of spent the whole year sacrificing a lot of himself and this came a year after I think he swung too far the other direction, trying to play too much for his own scoring and, and points, uh, and so I think there's a happy medium Aaron has to find. Um, but I think he found it a little bit in, in games four and game four especially in games three and four of that of that series against Toronto, and, and that part really encouraged me about Gordon moving forward because I do think Aaron has another level to his game, and you know I'm frankly a little little upset that that Team USA didn't invite him if they if they did. And and sure. and, and or if they didn't, um, I think that's 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 a travesty because I mean he's putting in his time with that that group and he's really really good and a lot better than some of the other some of the guys they invited. But that's either here, that's either here nor there. So Quite
1: better than Kyle freaking Kuzma. I'll tell
2: you that. <laughs> I don't I don't get the Kyle Kuzma love. Um, frankly, I, I, he can shoot it a little bit, but you know he's. Yeah. He's whatever.
1: No, I, I think Aaron Gordon uh, did look uh, uh, was the best player for the Magic uh, in that Raptors series. It, it was just a really, really tough series. I mean, uh, Nick Vucevic disappeared. That was really tough. Um, you know, because this Magic offense uh, starts with Vucevic. Uh, D.J. Augustine, I think, really went quiet after. Uh, his...
2: They sucked Danny Green on him, and that was it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, and really, everybody disappeared. I mean, Wessowundu had a re- really tough stretches when he got time. Uh, Jonathan Isaac did not play well. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, it was a complete buzzsaw going against the best team in the NBA last season, the Toronto Raptors. It's as simple as that. But yep. I think the Magic walked away from last season with, with, with a lot of positives. And, and you saw the, the, the front office strategy, Jeff Weltman, John Hammond stuck with what they had. They liked the, the progress that they saw out of this group, and uh, and they're going with it, moving forward. Now, I, I do think this Magic franchise, uh, coming out of last year's postseason, the, the biggest um, hole is the lack of a superstar. And it's been that way for a decade, Philip, you know? Yeah. Um, who, who is that superstar? I, is it Aaron Gordon at this point? It, Gordon's still not a superstar in the league. He, he can't get the USA invite that we all, we've all been waiting on. Um, but will it be Fultz, the former number one pick? Will, will he come back from that injury and, and uh, find a way to dominate uh, here in the NBA? I, I'll tell you what. I think the entire league uh, and the entire league's fan base would root for a, a great comeback uh, out of Fultz. That would be incredible. Um, so I
2: would. I would. You know, I would still put some money on Jonathan Isaac being perhaps that guy. I, I, I've, I've kind of jokingly said, I've kind of jokingly said this, but but I do kind of mean it too. If Jonathan I, Jonathan Isaac is the nicest guy in the world, you know, just humble, you know, quiet, hardworking guy, if he had any kind of ego coming out of Florida State, he, I think he would have been the number one pick in that draft, and I'm not joking. I, I'm serious about that. I think he has that kind of talent, and I think... Oh, that's bold. I think he... Ha- I, I honestly think a lot of his development, his personal development, is him realizing how good he can really be, because he'll put in the work.
1: Yeah, but but at this point, I, I don't see Jonathan Isaac as, as a star. I, I, I that's fair. Jonathan Isaac, you, Aaron Gordon, a very, very nice complimentary piece. You know... Uh, Really, we we think superstars in the NBA with these with these huge egos, the Lebrons, Kobe's, Michael Jordans, but you know Kawhi Leonard pro- has proven it. That but, it's I mean,
2: awesome. but I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe so, I'm using maybe so. egos, maybe ego's the wrong word because I'm not I am not using it in kind of the negative connotation. Uh, I'm uh, you know even Kawhi Leonard, he thinks he's the best player on the floor. He steps on the floor, he thinks you know there there is a healthy amount of ego you have to have to That's succeed true. at the high level at the high levels of this Absolutely. game. You have to have a little not like over over selfishness, but you do have to have a little bit of a, you know, killer instinct might be the word, like you have to have a little bit of that edge to you. And and you know, the magic throughout their history honestly have struggled to find some fine players with that with with that edge a little bit and you know, I I think, you know, Isaac again, I don't want Isaac to change. He is one of the just best dudes around. Uh, but, you know, Someone on this team has to have... I mean, I, I, I do agree with this criticism of the Magic. Someone on this team has to be the guy willing to take that last shot. It was Evan Fournier last year, and, and God love Evan Fournier. He does have a little bit of that, sometimes to his and, and the team's detriment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I see, I don't think Isaac has that.
2: And that's fair. I, I mean... type like of person, Isaac. That's know. fair.
1: I, you know, he's, uh, he's such a, a nice, friendly... Person, you know,
3: <laughs> and
2: we don't want him to change that. Like I want to make that clear. We're we're only talking on the court personality. I don't want him to change who he is. To you know, you got to be comfortable in your own skin, and 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 he he certainly is.
1: Do, do you know of any killer instinct plays of Jonathan Isaac that stand out?
2: Um, uh, the 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 first game that the the game at Boston earlier this year. Um, he hit the he hit the shot that that clinched that game. That it was uh, he had his he had I think 17 or 19 points in that game. It was like the fourth game of the season, and Isaac had the ball swing to him. And I I, I thought this was the play of his of his season in a lot of ways. He pump fake, took a dribble in, hit an elbow jumper, and made it a four point game and, and clinched that victory. Yeah. It was a huge huge shot early in the season from him, and it was just a huge huge game from him. Um, and you know he, he has a little bit of it in him. The Magic just don't run any plays for him yet, and I think that's going to be one of the interesting developments that hopefully we see this year. That Clifford runs a little offense for him. Um, last year, I think a lot of his offense was, you know, off of kickouts and and in transition. I, I would like to see the Magic run some plays for him this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you every step of the way.
2: Yeah, and and kind of and and again, like on that on that superstar point, I I think that that's definitely a big key for for this team moving forward. Um, you know. Is can this team continue winning with or winning at a high level with Nikola Vucevic as their All Star? Um, do they need Aaron Gordon maybe to be that guy? Do they need someone else to be that guy? Um, can they win with kind of a less you know like a laissez faire approach like which which appears to be what they're going to do? Um, and so I, I, you know I think I think we got to ask this question you know with all the changes around the NBA and in the in in the Eastern Conference, I've seen a lot of changes too. Do the Magic make the playoffs again? And, you know we're sitting here in early August, so it's you know we don't want to com- overcommit to, to to one prediction or the other. But you know is this still a playoff team?
1: I think it's a playoff team, and I think it's a better team than last year. Okay. Um, and I'll, and I'll say that based on how young the core is, and based on them getting another year together, it's a, it's it's virtually the same exact team, um, with with the hope of a Markel faults this year really it's that's that's what it is yeah it's the, it's the hope a former number one pick shows up ready to play um with, with a team that won 42 games a year ago with, with a core of guys uh, a jonathan isaac aaron gordon who are are we're, we're talking guys who are 21 22 23 years old these these are still kids uh in this magic rock
2: if i'm not I'm mistaken obama if I'm not mistaken, the Magic had the youngest starting lineup of any team in the playoffs this year. It was the youngest playoffs. or second youngest starter starting lineup.
1: I, I, I think I think that sounds right. Yeah, you know, and uh, and, and Mo Bama too. If, if Mo Bamba can turn it on, so I, I think the Magic are a better team just just walking into this season. I think they've got a lot more confidence when they go on the court. I, I I think teams last year were got surprised. You know. 51 games into the year, the Magic are 20 and 31, and, and they go on that 22 and nine run down the stretch. I mean, Philip, I think I think this Magic team walks into this season with with teams not overlooking them like they did uh, in in years mm-hmm. gone by. I mean, we're talking about a seven eight year stretch of misery uh, before the end of last season. So, um, I, I think it's a better team, and I think it's a playoff team. What I'd like to see is the Magic get the fifth playoff spot in the East. That's that's they should be thinking even higher. But I think if the Magic got the fifth spot in the East, that would be to me another step forward in the right direction.
2: Yeah, and and I and I agree. You know, I think I think the big thing for this team is kind of balancing, you know, perhaps new responsibilities or improvements from the young core that that we expect needs to get better for this team to get to get take that next step. And I think that's. The next big—that's the big thing for the—that's going to be the big storyline for the Magic, especially early on in the year. But I look at it this way too, um, and, and why I think the Magic are certainly in the playoff conversation at their worst, and certainly in the playoffs competing for a five or six seed at their best. You know, perhaps even more if, if things really improve. Um, but no one outside of the playoffs really got better. Um, Miami is the only non-playoff team that you can probably argue got better. Uh, got yep. got better to, you know, get into the playoffs this offseason. Um, Jimmy Butler is one of those great players. Uh, he's going to keep them in the playoff conversation, but, you know, the other teams, Chicago, you know, they got some nice young players in Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen, but that's that's an imperfect roster. I'm not sold that they're playoff ready, but, you know, they could surprise. Atlanta, I think they're, they're really, they're building something really nice, but they're still really young. I think they still got a lot of mistakes ahead of them. I don't Consider them a playoff team, but outside of those teams, Charlotte's gone. You know, Washington brought in some veterans; they'll 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 hang around, but I don't think they're they're really a playoff threat. You know, I think that this is really a you know nine or ten team race to make the playoffs, and I'm not sold on Chicago as as that tenth team. And so at the very Orlando again at their worst, barring like insane injury issues, I think Orlando is in the playoff conversation. And and I think again this the way they spent this this summer nothing short of making the playoffs can be considered a success. If they miss the playoffs this year, it is a failure.
1: I completely agree with you. Um, And and as I look at last year's standings, you look at Toronto and you've got to wonder how far Toronto falls off. Um, Indiana would be
2: the team I think would fall further depending on when Victor Oladipo comes back.
1: Yeah, is there a timeline on him yet?
2: I I don't, I don't know. He, he, he got, got injured in, in February. Yeah. I would imagine he's not coming back before January. He'll miss at least half the season and then he'll need time to, to get back into kind of game shape.
1: Yeah. I I think the biggest transformation of any franchise in the East is Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I, I think Brooklyn will be a superb team this year. Um, whether they're better than Philadelphia, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, if I could categorize them in Milwaukee's category, you know, yet either. But I think Brooklyn will be outstanding. Um, yeah. So there are some, there are some tough teams. I mean, uh, e- even with what Toronto loses this off season in Kawhi, uh, Toronto's
2: They're see, still a good team.
1: They find a way to play hard, right? They're they're
2: they are expertly built for the regular season.
1: Yes. For and regular season. That's a good
2: point. That's they'll they'll be fine. Kyle Lowry can pick up some slack. Siakam's probably going to get better. They'll 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 make the playoffs. I'm not worried about Toronto. Are they championship contenders? Probably not. But but they're they're still in the hunt.
1: I I do think it would be it's going to be an incredible fight for the Magic to get the five spot. Um, if if they really want to take a step forward this year, it's going to be an incredible fight um the you know the margin for error too you know they've got to keep it tight they've got to play to, to their best uh, each and every night and I think they're going to get tougher looks from teams this year I really do um but I think uh they've got a chance I I, I think they're capable um it, it is interesting when you look at the East it, it doesn't seem like the East is as bad this year no I,
2: I don't think I don't think so I don't think the East has been as bad as people think for several years I think the East is is fine. <laughs> I mean, the bottom might be really bad. The 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 like that middle, that like, that like seven through ten group might not be as good as the West teams. But the top of the East has always been as good as the West, at least for the last yeah. five six years.
1: Yeah, and Toronto's the ranking champ.
2: So yeah. My thanks to David Bauman for joining us on the show. We'll have part two of that conversation where we're going to throw it back and talk about the 2009 and 2010 Orlando Magic, which he covered. Uh, for uh, Spectrum, for what is now Spectrum News 13, uh, but he was he was part of the coverage of that team, was with that team for a lot of the way, so we'll get his perspective on kind of how we view that team and, and that group of players and, and how things kind of fell apart 10 years later. It's amazing. It's been a decade since the Magic were in the NBA Finals with that absolutely fun group that that everyone still loves to talk about uh, in so many ways and reminiscence. So we'll do that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But if you want to follow David in the meantime, you can follow him on Twitter at David Bauman. That's B-A-U-M-A-N-N-O-R-L. That's David Bauman O-R-L. Uh, you can find him uh, various places, including uh, uh, 407area.com, as well as on Spectrum News 13's Spectrum Sports 360. He's a face-off panelist there on Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So definitely check him out when he is on the program there you can of course follow me on twitter at philip r underscore omd follow the podcast on twitter at locked on magic subscribe to the podcast on itunes Stitcher, TuneIn, himalaya the google play app wherever you download podcasts to your podcast and your listening device and of course be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the locked on podcast network wherever you download podcasts today that's going to do it for me today though i want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of locked on magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Wright. I'll see you all again
3: next time for another
2: episode of Locked On Magic.
3: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. a hey, Prime members.